Hey, everybody. This is Frankie from the Breakpoint Podcast. We want to thank you all for tuning in to Marcus and I discussing our love and passion for the game of tennis. Your engagement and support goes a long way to helping this podcast continue to grow. Please be sure to give us a follow, rate our podcast on our social channels, Spotify, Apple, Amazon, Google, or any other place that you get your podcasts. And on social media, Instagram at Breakpoint Podcast 7, Twitter at Breakpoint Pod 7, LinkedIn, and of course, our website, podpage.com forward slash break dash point dash podcast. Remember to subscribe to our podcast so you're the first to know when there's a new episode drop and more people like you can find our podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Breakpoint Podcast, starring myself, Frankie, and my co-host, Marcus. Marcus, this week, we are going to be discussing the comeback of one of the greatest players of all time, Rafael Nadal. So, obviously, there's a lot going on with Rafa in terms of this is the first time that he's going to be playing and I don't even know how many months. It's got to be at least, you know, eight months, nine months at this point. And... Marcus, I think we all have a little bit of mixed expectations. Obviously, today, Holger Runa came out and said that he had his, quote, hardest practice session in at least half a year with Rafa Nadal, and he has some big expectations for him. But Marcus, way more important than Holger Runa, what are your expectations of Rafa Nadal for this upcoming ATP Tour season? Frankie, that's a loaded question because a lot is obviously going to depend on his health and how he's recovered from his hip surgery. Um, Recovering from a hip surgery as a tennis player, as any sort of person, is not easy, but especially as a tennis player who's, uh, I believe he's 30, how old is he now? I'll I'll Google it, but I think he's like 38. 37. Okay, there you go. 37 turning 38. Okay, that's, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same page. 37. 37 turning 38, and this is a guy who has historically been very injury-prone just kind of due to his style and his build. Um, To see him come back is, first of all, I think it's great. This is not the way that Rafa kind of wanted to end his career. He wants to end it on his own terms. In terms of expectations, Frankie, I don't really have that many expectations. He hasn't played since last year's Australian Open, so it's been a full year. Um, and about six of those months, he was not able to touch tennis racket. Whether or not, I mean, the expectations, I guess, for Rafa are always, you know, slam contention, especially at the French Open. I, I personally, Frankie, I think that he, if if he can end the year with maybe making a slam final, I think that would be an incredible year. Other than that, I really don't see him. I really don't see him kind of getting back into that top three echelon that he was previously at. And I know that's kind of crazy to say, considering how well he did in 2022, but a lot has changed since then. I mean, we've seen Yannick Sinna kind of come alive at the end of last year. He's starting to, you know, take over in a sense. Carlos has been amazing. Um, He's obviously, you know, top three slam contender. Novak is still at the top of his game. So, there's really not too much room because Daniil is always a threat on hard courts. I just don't see any room for Rafa to really kind of come back in. So my expectations are he does pretty well. He does probably better on on the clay courts. Um, but I, I think a slam final would be a stretch for him this year. 
Yeah, I'm sort of in the same boat when it comes to Rafa. I think that there is just a really crowded field around him, as you kind of mentioned there. Yannick Sinner coming alive does not really help his case. Carlos Alcaraz continuing to be consistent and be like a top-level player also doesn't help him. Novak looks about as good as he ever has, kind of has come off one of the greatest seasons he's ever had in 2023 here. And also, Alexander Zverev is back, and he looks like another sort of top five player that should be in slam contention this year. And that's not even talking about Daniil Medvedev that you mentioned, who's also certainly in that conversation. I just think that for somebody who is a clay court specialist, it is very difficult to really get particularly a high ranking in Rafa's comeback, just because the majority of the events on tour are obviously hard courts, which makes it easier for Novak. Not only that, but I don't think that Rafa has adjusted his game as well as Novak has. Like Novak, and this is sort of why you and I both had Goran Ivanisevic as the coach of the year in our awards, despite the ATP actually giving the award to um, Darren Cahill and Yannick Sinner's coaching team, is that N- Novak has adjusted his game really completely uh, to like be this like quicker, more offensive, short points sort of game style when he needs to. And he can still do the classic defensive grinding Novak style of play when, when he has to do that against the top guys. The difference is that he's not doing it point to point to point anymore. Right. And that has extended Novak's longevity and his ability to sort of stay healthy for seven, eight matches in a row tremendously. My problem with Rafa right now that I think you have echoed and I agree with, I don't know if Rafa is going to be able to stay healthy for seven matches in a row, three out of five sets. Like even on clay, I, I don't know how that is going to be possible. Um, but I, I, would be love to be wrong is the short answer, but I would be surprised if Rafa Nadal won a grand slam this year. It wouldn't surprise me if Rafa Nadal does not lose at Roland Garros, but it would not surprise me if he doesn't actually win the tournament. I.e., he pulls out like after the quarters of the semis because he just physically can't get there, you know? Uh, very similar to what Federer did at Wimbledon, where it's like, wins, 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 or uh, at the French Open, actually, win, 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 and then just like, yeah, I got to pull out. I can't I can't do this anymore, right? So uh, it would not surprise me if Rafa does do something like that. But I think my next question for you, Marcus, right, that we had sort of written down here is, do you think that there's anything, like, let's say that we're wrong. Is there anything that Rafa can do this season to close the gap with Novak or is that ship is that a just is that ship sailed like it's done if he can win all four slams this year like if he can go for a, a calendar slam or even go golden and win the Olympics too sure but that's just not going to happen so i don't really see anything outside of that uh, him being able to surpass Novak at this point. I think another French Open title wouldn't really mean much to me, even if Nadal won that, just because he's done that so many times. Um, another Wimbledon would definitely be interesting if he were to win that. 
but in terms of kind of overall totality of like the goat debate uh there there's not really too much to 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 be done there yeah i think you would just have to win uh like every tournament that's not the french open or not on clay like i think that's really just the clear ad to novak's to excuse me rafa's resume so yeah i i'm kind of with you i mean if nadal is able to win even if he wins two slams like let's say he wins the if he wins the US Open, Wimbledon and the Olympics, that to me would make it a little bit more interesting just because he would have two golds at that point, which uh yeah. is pretty pretty cool. Um oh, you know what else he could do? Win a tour finals. <laughs> you know, I was about to say I was literally just about to talk to you about that because even if he wins the tour finals, it doesn't really matter because Novak's won like six six tour finals. You know what I mean? So it would be. Yeah. I think honestly, it's it's really a glaring miss from Rafa's like goat resume. The fact that he's never won a tour finals, but it, it doesn't push the needle for me. Novak kind of has this in the bag at this point. It doesn't push the needle for me, but I will say, if we're gonna say that that's a glaring thing from Rafa's resume, I would also say that Novak and Roger not having Olympic gold is a glaring omission from their resume. Yeah. Like, yes, I get it's, it's once every four years. I know what the comment is going to be. And the tour finals is every year, but that should still mean like sort of talking about like the specialness of it. And it's not like these guys haven't had Mm. opportunities. Like Roger should have wanted an 04. He didn't, he didn't win in 08. Nadal won it. Fair enough. Then 2012, 2016, any of those three guys should have won it. They didn't. Andy Murray won it twice, which is just amazing for him. But Novak should have won in 2021 in Tokyo, didn't win it. So now he's going for it again in Paris. And don't, I, it would not surprise me if somebody else like random wins the 2024 Olympics, but we'll talk about that more in our preview. Yeah. I was about to say, as much as I value the Olympics, I think winning the World Tour Finals like six to eight times is far more impressive than winning a tournament once every four years. Just saying. <sighs> think about it. Six, my gut, six no, no, no. My, 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 gut, my, gut, eight players. my gut reaction is yes, I agree with you. But I think it's a little bit more complicated than what you're saying. I think, and again, like this could just be a personal preference and that's fine. I just think that Olympic gold is a really, really special thing. Same. And I and I think that it is as important as a major. To me personally, I think it is as important as a major. And I think of the World Tour Finals as like definitely more important than winning like Indian Wells, but just not quite the same as winning a major. Like it's really close. Um, but I hear you. I, I do. I hear you. I, I, I hear you. I, I like, I think that's a totally valid take. I like got a question for you. Go for it. What do you think Nadal does schedule-wise for French Open Wimbledon Olympics? It wouldn't surprise me if he skips Wimbledon. Yep. Yeah. I mean, if you're Rafa, why would you... Like, your highest odds of winning are going to be at Roland Garros in some capacity, whether it's the Olympics or the French Open. Just go for it then. Like, just skip Wimbledon, put your body on the line then. And then I think he wants to do some sort of like last hurrah at the U.S. Open just because he genuinely does really like the tournament. 
And it's been one of his, I think it's actually his second most successful major, if I'm remembering right. Um, the U.S. Open. Is, yeah. mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. as much as I think he wants to bow out at Roland Garros, I think he might end up bowing out at the U.S. Open, just schedule-wise. That's kind of how it works out. But uh, Marcus, that actually brings me to my next question for you. Do you think that this is the last year we're going to see Rafa Nadal? No, I think he retires at the 2025 French Open. Yeah, that's what I had in my head as well. Um, is that he'll last dance all of the, every other major this year, and then he'll just go straight into uh, Roland Garros 2025, and that'll be kaput. Um, yeah, and he'll be his- 40. No, he'll be 39. He'll be 39 because he's turning 38 this year. So yeah. Yeah, so he'll be 39. I think he'll play his last clay court swing, go play Barcelona, go play Madrid, you know, get your flowers at home in Spain, and then go to the most successful, I mean, go to your most successful tournament ever and one of the most successful tournaments ever, like, competed in by one person ever, if we're looking at it objectively. Not a debate. It is the most, it is the the, the singular, like, and this is a little bit of a tangent, but that's fine. But, like, to me the biggest sort of like tick that Nadal has in his goat debate is that what is the singularly hardest thing to do in all of tennis on like no debate. If you don't think that this is the answer, go watch another sport. It's beating Rafa Nadal on Philippe Chatrier at Roland Garros three out of five. It is the hardest thing to do in the entire sport. And that's Rafa Nadal. Right, there's only one man who's done it, and there's only right. Well, well no, there's two. two. You're talking about the <laughs> other greatest player of all time, my Robin childhood Soderling. idol, of course, Robin Soderling, the slap king. The slap king, we miss you. Um, but uh, <laughs> guy was so much fun to watch. Anybody, if you have free time, go watch those highlights, phenomenal. Anyway, um, yeah, so. I, I kind of agree with you. I think that's sort of where I expect Nadal to end up. Yeah, because I, I don't really... Uh, I know he said 2024 will probably be his last year, but I could see him if he start I, Again, Frankie, this whole thing could change too in the terms of like, if he's competing for slams, he'll keep playing. I think it's kind of like with the other guys where if he can still like legitimately compete, I'm talking like making finals, being in the mix for a slam... I think that he still keeps that dream alive because you know the competitive nature of him. He doesn't want Novak to go down as the goat. As much as he says, you know, he, he's content with it and humble with it, and I'm sure he is. And deep down, when he hangs up his racket, he's going to live a great life and he's going to be a happy guy just because that's how he is as a person. But in the moment, as a competitor, if he's still competing, he'll keep going. I think that I, I just I just think that personally, his competitive threshold for slams ends like has already ended to be honest but at this point i think he's just doing it just to to end on his own terms so i agree and disagree with what you said i agree in the sense of i think that rafa's time has already passed uh i think that's done uh i disagree that him contending at slams would make him stay i disagree with that i think rafa is very different than novak and roger this it is not a coincidence that Rafa has taken as much time off as he has and has sort of 
indicated that this is his last dance, quote unquote, on Instagram before uh, before the start of this season. It is not a coincidence that all of this is happening while his wife is expecting um, their first child, or I, I think she maybe gave birth like two months ago, something like that. Like Rafa is a deeply interested family person, has always been. He finally got married to the same girl he's been dating for 20 years, like two years ago. <laughs> finally decided that it was time. Um, Rafa. Respect. It takes time you got to keep yeah. your options open, huh? <laughs> <laughs> got to play the field. <laughs> what a joke. Anyway, so I think he's just like a deeply familial person. And I think that even if he was being competitive, he's not missing out on being a dad. He's not missing out on being a dad in any capacity. Um, and I think that he is just not willing to be a tennis player, uh, or any sort of professional athlete, uh, and compromise that time with family in the same way that Roger did. And, and Novak has done to an extent, right? Like, I don't think that Rafa would have ever done. Like if Rafa had started a family seven years ago, I think he would have retired six years ago. Um, if that makes sense. I think that's just a personality difference that he has with the rest of them, in my opinion. Yeah. No, I agree. Um, he, he's definitely built he's definitely built different in that sense. So I, I, I think I don't know. I, I still I still see the competitive edge in him where I'm where he's like, okay, if I can sneak out a couple more here, why not? Let's go for it. But if I feel like I'm really done, then we'll hang it up. Um I also think it would be really cool if he won another indoor tournament because his indoor record is just horrifying. <laughs> <laughs> it's so bad. but uh... Yeah, it's horrific. Uh, <laughs> but that's not going to be changing anytime soon. I can tell you that. Uh, Marcus, I think that's going to do it for us here on this episode of the Breakpoint Podcast. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Have a great new year. Enjoy. We hope that you have had an awesome time listening to us here at the Breakpoint Podcast in 2023. We really appreciate it. And we look forward to delivering some more content for you guys next year. And uh, that is going to do it for us here. See you next year, everybody. Ha, ha, ha.